The holidays are right around the corner. Give the gift of hockey this holiday season with the Dallas Stars Holiday Hat Trick Blend. Free shot, tip, score! Choose from three great packages and receive two tickets to three Stars home games, a Dallas Stars branded sleeve blanket, and tickets to watch the Frisco Fighters of the Indoor Football League. Inventory will be limited, so score your holiday hat trick plan now at DallasStars.com. Welcome to the Podman Rush, the official podcast of the Dallas Stars, presented by Kingsville Brewery. Let's join the rush with your hosts, Daryl Razor Ray and Mike Heike. All right, here we are, squeezing a pod into a stretch of seven games in 11 and a half days. Yes, we're heroes. We sacrifice for you, the listener. We do it with joy and glee and a sense of responsibility. True. Hashtag warrior. At our distilled base, Mike Heike and yours truly, we are merely tire pumpers and turd polishers. And in my case, a presenter. That's what we are, Mike. It's true. It's what we do. That's who we are. The role of the team employed broadcaster, media, slash insider in 2023 at its core that's what we is which is excellent english yes, it is. you say you're an unabashed cheerleader true yes yeah, okay please expand well i mean i think there's a uh, certain responsibility that comes with the job clearly you want to walk a fine line and allow the fans to think well you're giving them honest information. I do think we do that. But at the same time, you know, you're talking to these guys every single day, you cash in their paychecks and, you know, you're going to spend, well, you aren't, you, you get paid by the, uh, the hated, uh, media. <laughs> I'm cashing their paychecks. Uh, you are? Yeah. I get paid by, uh, the big green, uh, Victor E. Well, yeah, so do I. I thought you got paid by Bally or I somebody thought like that. The individual players were paying you. Oh, well, they do that sometimes. Write their too. life story. Is yes, that what it is, that's Mike? That's what it is. Uh, but you're going to lean towards it's an 82 game season. You know, they made it to the Western Conference Finals. Let's, let's be patient. Let's be positive. And, uh, this will all work out. Yeah. I like to celebrate the players, the coaches, the management, the organization's accomplishments. Yes. But, as I've told you many times, I think everyone always has to understand or keep at least keep in the right. back of their mind, without criticism, there is no praise. Yeah. And it's interesting because... How deep is that, uh, by the way? You know, I've obviously been banging the positivity drum oh my God, uh, in the past week ever. or two, and, and I've come around to your side uh, that you have to... I remember back in the day uh, when uh, guys like Ken Hitchcock were uh, barking from the bench uh, that you got to raise the bar. You got to keep the bar high. And uh, I was thinking about that last got to keep that, the feet to the fire. Correct. Mike. And, and it's funny because Bob Ganey, as good as he was, it was a hard job to keep nagging on the players all the time. And he didn't like that. And Ken did. Ken was like, yeah, I'll nag on them. I don't care. And you're like, well, that's what made them who they were. And so I, I am coming around to your side that, you know, you got to push, you got to keep the bar high, you got to criticize and, you know, 
I think that's what will produce the best product. Now, if you do that too much, then uh, you get tossed out like Ken did. Yeah, I, <laughs> look, there, I think there's always fair criticism. Right. Fair. Can't just be, you know, somebody that's going to get called out because everything out of your mouth is just negative all Correct. the time. And you're, you know, again, the analogy that you smell flowers, you look for the coffin, that type of person. Yes. But I always believe that players want honesty anyway. Yes. You know, it, it can't all just be petting. Yes. No, I think the, know, vet, they, the veteran players especially. Especially, but, but especially in pro sports. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can say 900 great things, and then one thing that has a little bit of at, at least, I don't even, sometimes it's not A little bit even, of truth to it. Well, yeah, yes, that's a perfect way of putting it. Yeah, a little bit of truth in there. Sometimes they can't handle the no. truth, Mike. I heard Mark Askin. Do you know who Mark Askin is? Mm-mm. Longtime uh, TV producer in Canada, did Hockey Night in Canada, then did the Leafs regional games for a while, and he was on a podcast. And he's, he stated that he covers the team right down the middle. 80-20 Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of... You have to do that up there. Well, but I, I think that's kind of yeah. the... What we do. The divvying up of this thing. Yeah. You know, like, even when we, we approach what, what I do at the beginning of a game in that, you know, we have an open and we have all the, you want to tell a little bit of the story of the other side. Yep. And, you know, if things aren't going well for our team, then rather than, than bash individuals or what they're doing, you can always just switch over and swing yep. your chair the other way and say, well, what are they doing well? You know, they're getting paid too, the old right. line. So uh, I, I thought that was a perfect yeah. summation of how, Again, team-employed media covers their teams. It is about 80-20. Well, and which is, as we travel this beautiful land of ours, team-employed media seems like it's kind of taken over. Oh, it's everything. Yeah. Yes. It's provincial. Yes. And not just Canada. <laughs> Speaking of that, stars this week. Do you want to review? Sure. How's this? Shutout win in the, in the peg. It was clinical. It was. Uh, Calgary, tough loss. Tough pill. Yeah, the way that went down, they lead with what three minutes ago. Well, and then the way the goal, the way the overtime. goal went in, and you know, I talked to Wedgie about it. He really, it like it hurt him. It was like a punch in the gut to see that puck just flutter in over his shoulder. So, yeah, there was some mistakes made in front of True. Wedgie too. Should never two guys should never go to one player on the other yeah, team. That's just basic hockey. Well, no, no, three on three overtime. It's man on man. Yeah, you can't have two guys go to one guy. Bad has happened. But I don't want to criticize no, anyone. No. That's too negative. The eight-one pasting of the bolts was unexpected. A mm-hmm. little bit, right? Yeah, a yeah. little bit, especially with that guy in net. Yep. I'll pet myself. I'll get back to what I was talking about earlier. Pat my back. Yep. You know what an open is? I do. Right. This is where we we come on. I look great. I have makeup on. You know, I I I look over. There's there's the uh, consistent gesturing of on cameras where. The play-by-play guy brings you on. The analyst is sitting there. Smile. Maybe a gaze back at the camera to welcome the viewer. And then uh, get led into whatever it is you're going to set up for that night. And I dictate a lot of these for us. I like to prognosticate a little bit. Razor Domus, if you will. I set up that game almost exclusively on the star side looking at left wingers. I don't know why. I had an epiphany. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, I think part of it was that Mason Marchment was playing so well 
I mentioned that Ben and Steele had been quiet in the goal scoring department. I put a little uh, teleprod into Robo coming off of what we were just talking about, and, that, and boom, all of them scored. It was amazing. They all scored. Five of the eight goals in the game, left wingers. Who does that, Mike, other than yours truly? No, it's just you. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you what you're going to see, mm-hmm. not what you just saw. You know who else does that? Tony Romo. Oh my! <laughs> I just wanted to. Well, then I want to make to poke you in the side. You know what? <laughs> you know what, Mike? I'll concur. I want to make seventeen million dollars a year too. We do the same thing. You should. How about ten percent of seventy million? <laughs> it's probably pretty good. <laughs> okay, then that's followed up with a four nothing loss. In Tampa, which was familiar, right? Man, they've had a rancid run in what they call Chompa Bay. And then Florida was also a rerun of sorts. Man, they have a tough time in Florida. Yes, they do. Historically speaking. It's unreal. Good thing, good thing they don't go there too often. Yeah. And, and I mean, part half of it you understand. Tampa's been a great team yeah. for like 10 years, for a decade. Florida has not. No. But they've they were, had their they ups and downs. They were in the downs. Stanley Cup final last year. Well, yeah. Uh, go. Good point. Well, that's a great memory from you, Mike. <laughs> it was like it was like almost almost a, a, a run it out again Stanley Cup final, but the Stars couldn't squeeze their way past Vegas. Otherwise, yeah. it would have been would've the been Stars been. and the Swamp Cats in the, the twenty twenty three Stanley Cup final. Stars in a sweep there. I had them in four. Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? They were all banged up on the other side. <laughs> uh, one guy who's not banged up. Who, I, again, I, I don't believe he's getting enough attention for what he's doing, is Joe Pavelski. Yes. I mean, he's turning 40 in a young man's game, and I don't know that he's getting better, but at times I think he is getting better. Yeah. Like, he's not, he's not as fast as he used no. to be. There, there, and there are times where you can see it. Like, even if it's just a quarter of a step lost. but. He is slaying it like he's 25, leading the team in scoring again. We did a, a comparison the other night to Adam Oates. It's, I, think it's a, Fair. Uh, I think it's a good comparison. I, you struggle to find somebody else that was pushing 40 that is going to score 40, perhaps, yep. and average over a point a game. And Oates, I think it was like 2001, maybe 2002, with Washington – and Philadelphia put up 78 points. Yeah. The norm for most of the guys that are Joe's age is like five goals and 25 points, and they don't play every game because they can't. Yeah, and a good guy's getting 50. Yeah. You know, then you're going like, whoa, nice job, and he's getting 70. Well, the other part of it, too, probably, is that most of the guys that play to about that age are usually defensemen, Yeah, right? Not, not forwards because there's just – it's, it's almost like in baseball when they take a catcher and his knees are shot and they're like, okay, we're going to move you to first. Right. You know, just save you a little bit. You're still going to be yeah. in the rotation. You need that, your bat. You, you can't do what you used to do. There's a little bit of that. I mean, Joe is a center iceman. He's he played almost exclusively right. right wing for a while now. There's less skating. Yeah. You know, you need your center to cover a, a ton of ice and, and he just can't do that. But, man, if he'd picked up a point in Tampa, Nobody did. Right. He'd have become just the second player in NHL history to have a 10-game point streak separated by 12 or more seasons. That, that's, 
the other is Dave Keon. Yeah. Dave Keon. That's an incredible thing that he's doing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Is like so if you look at his, so you go to Hockey Reference or whatever, and you go down the list, and they have points per game. And I think three of his top five points per game season are the last three seasons. I mean, that's shocking. Yeah. He, he was on a very good offensive San Jose team, and he's doing more now than he used to do for the Sharks. Man, what a misjudgment that oh was my by gosh. Doug Wilson and the Sharks. I mean, they, they were looking at it and just going, like, they, he's never going to score 30 again. No. This is going to be uh And we need Carlson, too. we got to give him $11 million. And that will, you know, <laughs> move on. And he's such a special player. It's cerebral, and it's <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I'm getting all choked up talking about Joe. <laughs> it's cerebral with him. And I don't even know if this is a word or not, but it's cardiological mm-hmm. heart. That's what it is. It's the mind and it's the heart. BB concurrence. Got the ears on. He's listening to this. I look at him and I, the other guy I also throw into that class. He's not as old. How old is Zuccarello? Like 37, 36, six, seven, something like that. Yeah. Similar. I like him. You know, the little elf in Norwegian is... The the irony of that is had they signed Zuccarello, I know. they wouldn't have gotten Pavelski. I know. <laughs> I know. It either would have been fine. And then, then the <laughs> other angle of the irony is that Joe could have chose Tampa <laughs> instead of coming yeah. to Dallas. But our boy Tom Holy... Oh, he worked it. ...along with Stars Management, were able to talk him into coming to Dallas instead of going to Tampa. Yeah. What a... Isn't it fascinating? It to is, well, and again, I keep going back to Tom. I think the fact that Pavelski's here is one of the reasons Pete DeBoer is here. And again, you know, it all starts with Tom Holy. Hi, Tom. Uh, it, it's amazing, just a little. Why don't you just go to San Jose and join them then if you're going to be that way? I think I would. I look good in teal. Is it, is it slimming? <laughs> it is. I need every slimming thing I can get. Well, what a, guy, a lot of guys are going to be wearing soon as we move on from Joe. Did you see the news that IAHF, International Ice Hockey Federation, are going to mandate neck guards? Yes. So any further Olympics, and there's lots of talk this week about the NHL going back, 2026, is that correct? I don't know. I think so. Uh, if, if our players go there, uh, that would be Milan, I believe, mm-hmm. they will be wearing neck guards. Yeah. They're not their choice. And I think it's a great thing. I love the move. I mean, some of the junior leagues and the other leagues immediately after that tragedy in England said everybody's wearing them. Yeah. If, if you look at the players now in the room after they get their gear off, the majority, if not almost all of them, wear the Kevlar socks now so they right. don't get their uh, Achilles cut. cut. Yeah. A lot of guys uh, will wear the sleeves because there have been a lot of, you know, Vander Kane. Had his wrist cut by a, a skate. The game is just so helter skelter random. I worry about it all the time. So the the better the technology, so it's a little bit lighter. Guys didn't want to wear it. Man, you should have seen when that Kevlar stuff first came in. Yeah. It was like wearing like wool socks that didn't breathe, you know. And then they're sweating. It it was horrible. But I always wore a neck guard more for my clavicle than for my neck when I was playing goal. Yeah. Uh, just the way the equipment sat, I was exposed. It didn't help. Al McGinnis broke my collarbone anyway with a shot. There's so much better protected now, but I like the fact that it's going to go. And a lot of guys hate it. They don't like something on their 
yeah. on their neck, but they have to do it. They have to do it. I think yeah. it, I think it's a, a good thing. Well, and really I think good. people get used to it. I think if you start putting right. it on, and I mean, it is, it's a process. And It'll be like the visor a little yeah. bit, right? Certain Just, guys, you know, don't like it. But again, once you start wearing it, you get used. Yeah, I, it's a good, good thing. Any that was some of the news. The other NHL news, the draft is going inside the sphere in Vegas. Spectacular visuals. Oh. You imagine Gary Bettman's head as he welcomes them onto the stage <laughs> on the massive thing. I hope nobody's into edibles in, in that venue and <laughs> freak everyone out. Reportedly, the sphere is hemorrhaging money. Really? Yeah, just because, well, I don't know the, the, the cost full of facts. Well, the cost of building it, and they only have really one tenant right now, right? You too, which is fantastic. If you haven't seen any of this stuff on social media, you have to see it. Yeah. It is spectacular. Well, when you think about like just highlights of the players, Skating in the background. Oh my god! As, I know. can't, I can't wait. I'm looking more forward to that than anything. Yeah. I think, just to see how they do it. They can pack about eighteen thousand people into the seats, and that they'll ha they'll have a floor set up, normal draft. They're saying this is going to be the last quote unquote normal draft. Lo yeah, location. Draft. Otherwise, they'll go to more of the uh, NFL. It be like the NFL model, well, I guess. Back to and people, NBA. people before, don't call them war rooms. They're not war rooms. They are not war room. They're just sitting in a room together, collecting all the, the data that they have and making educated decisions on players. It's not a war room. Stop with that. I think Kevin Costner in draft day would argue with you. Did he call it a war room? I don't know. I'm just trying to stop with trying that. to make more Tom Holy references. Don't do oh, <laughs> look at you. Suck up. What a suck up Heike is. Holiday season is here. Speaking of sucking up to Santa. The Robo Toy Drive. He's a very benevolent young man, isn't he? He really is. From his upbringing? Uh, yes. I, yeah. I got to talk to him last year and his dad, too, uh, when he was the nominee for the uh, King Clancy. And he definitely earns it. And then when he was uh, billeting, I think, he was with a family that very much uh, took time out to help uh, service members and their children and he has a soft spot for kids, and especially kids of service members. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, obviously, even at the hospitals. Uh, I love the little pictures of him in his goofy sweater, being his goofy self, because he is, he's got a little bit of goofiness to him, and he just relates to the kids so well. Um, I, I, it's, it's wonderful to watch. And, I, I, you know, I've actually said, I said, you know, it, it's interesting when you get that kind of power, and what do you do with it? And, you know, he's like, okay, I, you know, I can do this. And really help a lot of people, and I think he he takes it seriously that he's got a responsibility to do that. Yeah, it's a good way of looking at him because he takes this serious, and and yet he doesn't. I'm not saying he doesn't take hockey serious, no. but he enjoys the play portion yep. of playing hockey more so than the work. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like he stays out there forever on the ice Correct. because once the coaches leave. They can just play. Yeah, it can, can just be fun. Yep. And he loves that. And it, yeah, I think it fuels his creativeness a little bit. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons he's so good. Yeah. He does things that people don't expect. You know, a goalie's sitting there, and all of a sudden, a shot that he makes from a weird angle slips past him because he's been out on the Splenetic ice. Splenetic angle is what it is. Is that what it is? Wow. Don't ever say impossible angle. Okay. It's not impossible. It went in. It went in. Don't ever say sharp angle. Use yeah. splenetic. What it, 
What is splitting? That's my gift to you. Sharp angle. Oh. The uh, you you also mentioned the word billet. Yes. There's nowhere else on earth that the word billet gets used other than in hockey, right? <laughs> yeah. Name another one. Up your I billet. Can't. It it doesn't happen. It's just junior hockey. Yeah. Always. Uh, me, I've long wanted to do a teddy bear toss. Yes. At this level, if, you know, if you've seen the Minor stuff league. on social media, it, it's just I think it's awesome. Obviously, the the uh, just the volume of of teddy bears that they can give to others in that, but just the visual of those things oh, yeah. cascading down when the teddy goal is scored. You know where that started? I think we might have talked about this before. I have not. I don't know where it started. You don't? No. Camelot's Blazers. No way. And our boy Brad Lukowicz was the first ever teddy bear goal. Wow. And then it grew from the loops out to all the other junior teams. Now that a lot of the um, minor league Clubs will do the same thing. It's easier in a smaller venue, and uh, nobody has yet tried to pop one out in December in the mm. National Hockey League. That would be, would be nice. hard. I don't even know if you could bring them in to an NHL game. Yeah, all things. And the other, you imagine though, the other interesting part is to hand that soaking wet, cold bear to a child and say, "Here, take this." I thought you were the positive guy. <laughs> Here, this was just soaking in, here's a, in a cold. Here's an ice bear that we've picked up off of the used surface where the players have spit. Happy holidays. There you go. Is that what you're saying? Thanks a lot, Luke. God, Mike, you just ruined that entire story. Let's talk more charity. People at home are just cracking up right now. You know what? I I didn't do the my homework on this one because again if you listened at the beginning of this podcast very busy but do you know where the most charity in the nhl is right now mm-hmm. no it's in goal whoa this has been the worst display of goaltending in the last 25 years in my opinion what's the problem huh the first what 25 the games have been the leakiest goaltending that I have witnessed in the last, in ages. IMO, as the kids say. Wow. You know what that stands for, Mike? No, you don't. I think it's I-M-H-O, isn't it? What? In my humble opinion. I'm not humble. That's true. <laughs> it's a good point. <laughs> I'm just going straight IMO. Don't you tell me how to acronym my stuff. Okay. Just take a look at the save percentages around the league. Mm-hmm. Dreadful. I would say right now, there are like 20 good goalies. And there are 10 elite goalies. Out of the, how many are there now? 60? 70? 70 probably. There are 70 goalies in the league. Yeah. You know, back when I played in the original 21, there were like 42 to 45 goalies. You had to be something. What, what, what were the goalie save percentages back then? They were better than this. No, they weren't. You like you know what? 90% was uh, excellent for your well, era. That's about what it is right now, Mike. Uh, Take a look. Okay. That's why I didn't do my homework. Because it's 87%. 90 was good. Back in the Don't day. Don't you pull that out, BB, and start <laughs> looking at numbers. I'm moving on to the next subject. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Okay. It is not good. No, I agree. But you know what? That's fun. 
Part of it. People like bad yes, goaltending. <laughs> I agree. That's why I'm so popular. <laughs> That's right. The the other portion of that though, it's not just on the goalies. Right. Like the tactics offensively and the skill of shooters is at an all time high. Correct. No question. It is. But at the same time, man, there is there is some rubber allergies out there with the guys in masks. Uh and very quickly, one other uh thing that that's Grind in my gears, Mike, the hand pass rule. Yes. Now, it helped the Stars for a moment when we were in Calgary. I don't understand the logic. No. I, I don't. I, I want to. That's one of the rules, along with the red lines and all this other stuff that just gets in my craw. I want it explained to me why they only allow it in the defensive zone. Why it would be such a. a just it would it would cave the game if we allowed players going on offense in the neutral zone and in the offensive zone to use their gloves to just nudge a puck to a teammate or vice versa if it's committed in the defensive zone call a hand pass i mean why is it allowed to prevent goals but not to help score goals well that that's the whole point right i'm trying to be more progressive i know though, you Mike. are well it's funny I'm trying so to move the game forward you're trying to take it back now Say, well, they can't do that at all. Last night, I was sitting in the press box next to your friend, Mark Janko, when the hand pass in the defensive zone came up. And I looked at him, I go, what? He goes, yeah, the league hates goals. <laughs> and he was just being sarcastic. But you're, I mean, that's the only explanation other than the Every fact. Every other league yeah, does whatever they can to help to boost offense. offense. And we sit there and it's like, that helps negate goals. Correct. And I don't think there's that many operators. Guys, well, and a lot look, of them are accidental, too. Of course they It's are. not like a guy's trying to throw a puck over to his teammate, which would actually be kind of fun. But you can't. <laughs> that, that's my point, though. Like, if, if their argument is, well, you'll have guys grabbing onto it and just chucking it across the ice. Well, no, you won't, because that's illegal. Right. You can't throw a puck. Correct. You can't do that in the defensive zone. No. I just don't. Uh, that one, that one, just to me, I'm just like, man, why? Why do they allow the defensive guys a crutch? Yes. BS. Even with that, you know what, Mike? Goaltending's HS right now. HS. Wow. Now, now, what does that mean? What do the kids call that one? What's that? The HS. I'm that's, not going to explain all that's my an, acronyms. Yeah, there's today, a lot of them Mike. out there. I'm not going to explain them all. What else? What do you have? Uh, it's an equine reference, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is equine uh, feces. Yes. How's that? All right, I'm I'm going to go negative on you. No, you're not. I really am. I don't believe you. What have you seen from the group of defensemen for the Dallas Stars of late? Is it on them? Is it a team thing? Is it goaltending? Is it like, it just seems like a lot of chaos and that may just be where the league is right now. Or is that something that the team is trying to address? And, you know, I mean, I think we, you know, we talked about Miro. Uh, I think he played 28 last night or something. Did he really? I think he did. And it's like they're just—they're really? leaning on him very well, heavily, and I think that's hurting him. And then it filters down, and then I yeah. Know. Part of that last night, I guess, would be chasing the score, right? Um, yeah. Look, it's not just the Stars games, right? Like you watch a lot of games, and it is—it is tough to lock down areas of the ice right now, just because of what a why the goaltending numbers are. Correct bloated this year the the offense is getting a, a little bit of an upper hand i i feel 
there are more teams averaging three or more goals right. a game than I've ever seen. Are teams reading man-on-man coverage and pulling D-men away from the net? Well, I think I think at times when you watch us, there are, there are some teams that are that are trying to copy Vegas. Yep, and I think you need Vegas's D to to be that type of team where you need big heavy guys and they have to be able to read off of one another there's so many switches going Correct. on the the star system defensively is more of a it, it's called basically a swarm right right in in order to swarm and and get teams locked down they can't move the puck you have to get the upper hand you have right. to ambush right. essentially uh, and then once you do that, they can't make a play. They can't get through. You turn the puck over, psh, right. away you go in transition. If they're able to keep the puck moving and they, like last night, man, they their forwards made so many eight-foot quick ting, yeah. ting, ting passes. Yeah, the one the one where they boom, 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 and then they, they just there was chaos and yeah. they ended up then scoring it, on a... Then it gets, it gets chasey. Yeah. And then guys get in between. The, I talked to Ottinger the other day about, the penalty kill. Yeah. Uh, because, it, I mean, it's been remarkable, yeah. right? Just phenomenal, especially on the road. And I said, what are you seeing in front of you with it? And the word he brought up was trust. We, we just have supreme trust in one another that we're not going to do each other's jobs. Yep. I trust where the shots are likely to come from because of the way we kill. So it almost gives me a leg up. I'm, I'm more ready for it. Right. So that's in that system with with just that group uh and there's obvious confidence in there you get into the other and you get mixes in there and you at times you get line changes or whatever is going on and it can get once it starts chasing it's why when when the stars power play gets the upper hand on a penalty kill a lot of times it comes off a shot you always hear you know you have shot first and then work off of that right because as soon as there's a shot, there, there's reaction from the defending team. Right. And they have to react to where that rebound or whatever's going on, they, they have to react to it. When it's just moving around, they can just stay within their pistons of their, their system yeah. in that, right? And once you get any, any style of defense chasing a little bit, it opens up all these holes, Correct. and then it just looks like a bunch of scalded cats running around in their own zone. Well, anecdotally, and this is, you know, I don't have the numbers. I need to look into this more closely, but it seems like, and I get questions from fans on this, seems like you'll have a defenseman in the defensive zone at the blue line because he's chasing his guy. And then so they get out of position and you're like, why is that defenseman up at the blue line? And I go, well, it's kind of how they're doing things and it's a forward's responsibility to cover for them or they need to have a a switch. interchangeable parts. Right. And, but it does look like other teams. And I, I think. I I remember talking with Pete about it when he first came on board and he he's explained it. He he never, and I understand this. Yeah. He never really wants us to fully explain it. Correct. Like on air, not that the other teams with all the video they right. have don't know what's what going the on. star system is, but you know, if they're going to make augmentations in that, they don't want it, you know, spewed or broadcast right. out there from, from time to time when, when teams get through it, it's going to look awful. There's right. going to be somebody all alone. That's right. just part of what that yeah. is. But when they're on and when, when they're playing well within that system, 
it it must feel like there's 11 guys on the ice yeah. defending for the other team. They just ha- don't have any room. They don't have anywhere to go with it. Uh, they can't make a play under that kind of pressure. So it's I think it's a balance between that and the fact that, that you know, may, we've talked about it before. May, maybe they do need a little more help on the on the blue line yep. in that regard whether but it but it really isn't just the decor no like it's, it, it's got to be a team it, concept. it's a five man everybody's on the same page and it, it just it moves like a like a machine with that type of mo- mobility and a big part of it is how quickly can you get out of your own zone so you're not defending in your Correct. own end of the ring i'll tell you this way i played this is eons ago played for a guy named bill laforge in junior hockey and and he had a philosophy that was very similar. I mean, you're talking like the uh, mid-80s. Yeah. He had a philosophy on, on two-on-one. So two of their guys coming in, just one defenseman back and me, that as soon as they hit the blue line, our defenseman is just going to attack the guy that has the puck. I mean, attack him. There's no bluff. There's no, you know, try to take the pass away or anything. It was just attack the guy with the puck. I faced more breakaways from the top of the circles in than I ever did in my entire life. You could you yeah. could grab them all together wouldn't equal the number of breakaways I faced in that short area. But there were so many times where that guy tried to make a play to his partner and they just, you know, muffed it. Yeah. Because he was so under pressure. He was so hurried. That guy was trying to control a puck that was bouncing over to him. I'd be aggressive and come out and we'd have it. Other times they'd make a slick pass and there was a face off at yeah. center ice. But it was that philosophy that we're going to make you make a play under pressure, which is really what the Stars penalty killing is yes. a lot of times. Yeah. It is pre- it's perimeter pressure. We're going we're gonna to tell you, you have to make a play under pressure. And if you don't make it, then we're going to end up with the puck. It's going to go down the ice. We're going to eat 15 to 20 seconds of this yeah. thing. Five on five, I don't, think it, I don't think it's been as cohesive as we saw last year with it for whatever reason yep. you got to remember i mean people can complain all they want about uh defensive system they were what where did they finish third in the nhl in goals against fifth I think. fifth yeah. okay top five top who cares five. yeah right now even this yeah, year third when it's been killing fifth in it's goals. been a little bit sketchy from time to time they're still at least heading into last night yeah. they were top 10 in the nhl yeah the save percentage was like sixth well it's interesting if you look tending has been good but if you look back five years ago they wanted to increase offensive performance. Well, sometimes when you increase offensive performance, you you give up a little on the yeah. other side. Yeah, and that's just it's going to happen a little bit. But they, but I mean, they've added. They want they, wanted, they want four scoring lines this year. And if guys are thinking, hey, I got to score to stay in the lineup, or I got to, you know, it's my job to score goals, yeah. you're gonna give up a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't. Yeah, maybe they've they've given up and they've faced a lot of these what are called rush teams, you know, teams that take the puck when you don't score at the other end or turn it over and they've got high skill and high speed and they're breaking down the other way and you have to close that down. I think if there have been defensive miscues from the stars, it's been spread over more than, than just a few defensemen. You know, it's been really, really bad reads by forwards. Uh, And at times it's just been, defensemen that have been overwhelmed by what's gone on in front of them, but that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. And if the goalie doesn't clean it up, then all of a sudden we're focused on that mistake. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if your goalie is a mop back yeah. there, then you think everything's great, oh, but it fantastic. probably re- really isn't right. that great. Like even early in the season when they were rocking along, you know, we would 
sitting, we were like, man, they've got two lines. And he, DeBoer would say, it, we have two lines going. I'd like to get four lines going Correct. in the game. The D pairs, they, you know, they move guys around and, and that. They've slapped Hockenpah and, and Lindell back together in one pair. And uh, Nils has been pulled out of the lineup the last little bit. Harley's played played terrific. Fantastic. You know, Miro is playing enormous minutes. And it, it's obviously wearing on him yeah. a little bit. But they're trying to win games. And, it, it, you know, he's turned into that guy that you could probably just draw number four in the middle and then the other numbers around him. There's not right. really pairs. No. It would be just, just him. Yeah. Uh, but it, anyway, that's the long form explanation from a former goaltender. I, it was on, good stuff. I mean, I think the, the fans are, the are most, concerned with this issue and yeah. I think you kind of helped clear it up. Yeah. I, and the other thing I'll, I'll throw in there too is the, the defensive side of, of your game is always predicated on, how you can fix things and how much time you have to actually run through your systems right. in practice. And they've had no practice time no. again. It's been a very busy schedule here. It feels like for like a month and a half. Yeah. I know that it was really light in the early going and then it's been busy. Like again, seven games in 11 and a half days. Well, we even hard. talked about the morning skates. It seems like it's just special team, you know, and they're out there for 20 minutes, sometimes not even 20. Yeah. And then boom, zing, play the game. Yeah. Morning skate's another animal. We'll save that for another week. Uh, way to go. You really dragged this into the nuts and bolts today. I, I had it rocking along, Mike. And then you pulled in your negativity. Uh, they scored two power play goals last night. It Mike. was impressive. Again, when you talk about that, when you talk about the power play scoring. It's a good point. You and your, hey, do your hey, Heika, and hey, uh, answer hey, it that Hey, Daryl, you know, on that power play scoring, they're one of the... Uh, least successful teams in drawing penalties this year what what's the deal there i mean See, you're you're in like Nelly why negative. aren't they get, uh, do the refs hate them do they that that one is <laughs> that one is an interesting that one That's is an in, interesting in, negative point in, in, to, to steal a phrase from you that one is interesting because they're a big offensive team is trying to score and they just i think they were at uh 27th and Power play attempts per game at 2.77 or something like that. Yeah, but I explained that to you, too. We need to do a deeper dive to really put our listeners to sleep <laughs> on what's the difference between 28th and 15th yeah. in penalties drawn per game. Yeah. I told you the other day, so I'm making a big deal about they can't score goals in the first period. They were 30th. Then they scored three against Tampa, and they moved to 20th. Like 10, 10 spots in one period. Yeah. I'll say this about that. One of one of my views is they've become a better cycle team. Yeah, like they spend more time in the offensive zone with the puck, a lot of it on the perimeter because teams are just guarding the middle in their defensive systems a little, a little bit more. And with that, they're they're almost like sitting back and just saying, you know, knock your socks off, you guys rock on the outside. But as soon as you if you if you want to come in here, we're waiting for you. And maybe they don't go in there as consistently or as hard as they need to, and maybe that needs to go uh, up a little bit and it would help them. Uh, but you, you have the negative and the positive. Right? Oh, time. The, more, the more time that you're in the offensive zone with the puck, the, the more heat you're putting on the other side, the more possibility of scoring is in there, the more possibility of them doing something delinquent to put you on the power play Correct. comes. Like I looked at last night's game and I said to Josh, we were rocking on radio, by the way, and uh, 
they're down by a couple of goals and and you could just sense it was that time of the game where it's like they need a power play yeah because more times than not the power play kind of unclogs them a little bit offensively their best players get to touch the puck they spend some time in the offensive zone they got two in a row there they didn't score on them i thought they needed to score on on one of them at the time but at least they spent time up the ice and then the game changed a little bit and they they dominated the rest of the second period came close to getting on the board we know what happened early in the third they did score it scored on a power play you know marchman gets that that goal and and they're back in the hockey game again then they get the funky stuff at the other end that goes in but that they they need they need more of of that i think it's a weird stat i really do yeah i think they deserve to be on the power play more than than what they have but what was interesting it all evens out mike last night was such a contrast to the tampa bay game because they got the one and then they were terrible and you get one it it is hard to get into the sink and so you get three all of a sudden now you're oh, feeling yeah, those, it just every changes guy will, every power Every guy play. will will tell you that. Yeah. That if there's if there's not reps in the game, especially early, yeah. when they do get on it, I think they they feel a, a heightened sense of urgency with it. Maybe they're a little bit hurried. Yep. And and they just don't get anything done. And it looks it looks kind of sloppy and the defending team, the penalty kill team has the upper hand. We've yeah. seen it a lot with the stars yeah, in they that do regard. Because yeah. they don't take a lot of penalties uh themselves they really don't you know they don't that's one of the reasons why their their penalty kill has been so successful they don't overtax it right. that much they don't traipse to the box a couple funky little situations there where they were down by a couple of men and their lead dog was in the box in Raddick fox but they you know they asphyxiate those ones in winnipeg wow and got it done i used a big word there mike why did i do that uh, because Oxford named their word of the year this week. I don't know if you gentlemen are aware of this or anybody out there in earpod world. You know what the word of the year is? Exfixiate? BB. No. <laughs> BB's nodding his head over there because he knows. Because we're, we're of the same ilk. The word is riz. Hmm. It's a millennial word that derives from charisma Hmm. the youngs as they're known they find full words absolutely exhausting you can't say the full word mike like deplorable oh my god they would have a conniption fit fall to the ground in a fetal position if they had to pronounce all of that right the word means style charm or attractiveness so i understand why it's foreign to you mike it's also uh, a second meaning of able to hook a romantic partner. Ooh, I think wow. that's I think that's the best way to to describe that. Look at that short for charisma. Now you have short now you have to pay him for that for charisma. <laughs> we used to call this, I believe, back in my day, a chick magnet. I think it was a chick magnet. We I used- think. We I used mean, a lot of words back in our day. Chick magnet. Yeah. You, you were a magnet for chicks. We don't say that stuff anymore, Mike. It's offensive. And we certainly don't use two words when we can just use riz. Four letters. R-I-Z-Z. Or for our Canadian friends, R-I-Z-Z. I think it's going to be shortened to R-Z pretty quick, right? Just r- 
less than 20 days till Santa, I think, or right around 20. No, less than 20 days. Less than 20 days. Got your shopping done? I bought a lot of Marty Turco's beer. Is that that important? <laughs> you are the worst suck up. That, this, this is your worst suck up edition of the Podman Rush. Buy more Marty Turco well, here, beer. <laughs> here then. Here, I'll jump on. Tom Holy, thanks for your work landing Joe in our stars. Victory Green. Black and white striped stocking. I see the the clock winding down. I, I'm just going to thank Tom for his gift. I'm going to thank you for your positivity today. You. I'm going to thank BB for orchestrating our wonderful Podman Studios here in Washington, D.C., capital city, United States of America. And until next week, unless you have anything more, Mike. No, I don't. Reporting from our nation's capital, this is Daryl Ray for the Podman Rush, poured by Kingsville. You've been on the Podman Rush with Razor Ray and Mike Ica, presented by Kingsville Brewery, an official production of the Dallas Stars. To stay up to date on all things Texas hockey, visit DallasStars.com or download the official Dallas Stars app today. We used a lot of words back in our day. The 2023-24 hockey season is in full swing, and your Dallas Stars need you at American Airlines Center to help bring the intensity. Shot, tip, score! Don't miss your chance to experience the electrifying environment that Texas hockey has to offer this season. From huge hits to savage saves, American Airlines Center is the place to be as the Stars look towards the Stanley Cup. Secure your seats today at DallasStars.com.